Hello, it's Maisie Stapleton here, and we're in the UNSW galleries at Paddington. And I'm speaking to Catherine Woolley, and I've just told her her name's a very appropriate name for a textile exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> and she's one of the co-curators. So, Catherine, thank you so much for speaking to us today. No, thank you, Maisie. My pleasure. Now, tell us the name of this exhibition and how you came up with this name or how you found this name. Yeah, so the exhibition is called Pliable Plains Expanded Textiles and Fibre Practices. Um, the name comes from an Annie Albers text. Um, she was a Bauhaus artist, weaver, educator, and was really interested in the interdisciplinary potentials of working with textiles and fibre. Originally, she was more interested in painting or glass or architecture at the Bauhaus, but because of the gender politics at the time, um, she ended up in the weaving workshop. So it's really interesting to see those interests in other fields coming into textiles, and that was something we were interested in expanding on this show. So by when she mentioned pliable planes, she was in a way trying to equate her weaving with architecture because it was not necessarily about the thread, it was about the actual form. Yes, that's correct. So she was really interested in textiles as this flexible, mutable medium, but also quite structural. And she goes back to thinking about how um, textiles were used for tents and skins and animal hides and things like that for architecture and kind of drawing on this huge history um, of textiles and how it can yeah, merge with this other discipline how it certainly can be integrated with architecture and how it can have architectural form itself, which we see a lot of in this exhibition. So tell us what this exhibition is then about. So we were really interested in working with artists that were experimenting with materiality and approaching textiles and fibre, um, not just from that material standpoint, but as a conceptual field as well. So you'll find in the exhibition there are some works that don't include cloth or fabric or fibre at all. Um, there are works that are using um, ceramics, there's video work, there's work that is using the wooden ruler um, as a kind of constructed painting. So we were really interested in how textiles, um, the process of textiles and the material all kind of influence contemporary practice today. And I guess they might influence contemporary practice but also it's really revealing to the people that come and look at this exhibition, I guess the breadth of textile design and making actually can be. Absolutely. So we were really interested in kind of disrupting what people's expectations of textiles practice might be. How is it defined and used um, by artists working today? So what's taught in textile school these days, if there are textile schools? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, at the, um, so obviously we're part of UNSW um, Art and Design School, so there's a fantastic textiles studio here. I think definitely for this university, there is a push towards more transdisciplinary approaches to making and how, you know, mixing medium um, can kind of expand your understanding of, of art making. And at the moment we can hear lots of noise in the background because there are there's installation happening, so it's all part of the <laughs> recording on site. So tell us about the range of materials that are used and are created here. 
Part of the exhibition, there's a fantastic new video installation by Kate Scarterfeld that is kind of working through her performative gestures and her work. It ranges from things, ceramic sculptures, architectural almost dividing structures that are made out of wire mesh. Uh, artists are working in installation, they're working in expanded painting. They're really interested in deconstructing textiles materials as well. There's Lucia Dorman who's thinking about textiles as the basis for Western painting, the canvas. Um, so in her work she's actually threading the canvas so you get these thread curtains. There's constructed painting, yep, there's ceramics, um, there's oh, lots there's and a lots. Lot, a lot, a lot. And choosing the artists, how did you come to choose them? And we can talk about some of their work too. <laughs> we had a very long list, Karen, my co-curator and I, to begin with, and it was those artists who were working in different or unexpected ways that we ended up going with and were really interested in process and material-led investigations. So did they um, make works for this show or did you look at works that were already made? Originally we were looking at existing works but once we started to visit them in their studios and talk about the ideas that we were having, we had this great enthusiasm from a lot of the artists to, to make new work for the exhibition so that was really exciting. So there's eight new works, bodies of work as part of the exhibition um, that are really, really expansive and thinking about textiles in plural, plural forms. Well, I think there, there's such a diverse range here. Let's look at some of the individual ones. Let's start with Janet Fieldhouse because I think she, she uses a textile um, method, but she doesn't actually use a fabric Yes, yes, that's correct. So Janet Fieldhouse is really interested in creating new cultural expressions of her Torres Strait Islander heritage. So she's drawing on practices in scarification, tattooing, ritual and ceremony. So making pieces that include armbands that would often have been made with plant fibres. But in this case, she is kind of reinventing these practices by using a flexible porcelain, Keraflex um, ceramic. So using that kind of weaving process but in this different medium poses a lot of challenges so when she was firing these in the kiln you'll see they kind of collapse and fold in on themselves that actually was accidental but something that she really enjoyed as part of the process so it's transforming this what would be a soft quite pliable material into these kind of quite delicate fragile little sculptural um, items so there's one that almost looks like a dilly bag doesn't it yes yes and then you'll see there's some other works as well where she is combining more of the plant fibre weaving with um, ceramic vessels and objects. I'm also very interested in, because it probably is the most architectural, the wire and the woven, no, I'm not describing as well, perhaps you can describe it for me. <laughs> yeah, Jacqueline Stojanovic's um, concrete fabric work, um, it really speaks to that um, idea of the, of the pliable plane and she does reference some um, Annie Albers in, in her practices, is quite interested in that Bauhaus history and other histories of textiles as well. With that work, she's using metal um, mesh that's usually used for laying concrete. So she's really interested in combining industrial materials with the domestic materials of wool. So with this work it's almost 10 metres long and it's kind of a concertina dividing petition that she's wound wool around and it kind of cuts through the gallery. It's kind of playing on this idea that Alan Annie Albers uses in that Pliable Plains text of using textile panels instead of walls within the gallery. 
and it's very bright colours in sort of abstract square-like forms. It is, forms. and it also references Yugoslavian social socialist um, apartment blocks. Um, that's another kind of history that Jacqueline's really interested in exploring. Right. Repurposing of fabrics is another interesting area that is happening in fashion as well as in just in the use of textiles and the development of, of textile art, I guess. So there is a wonderful example of the whole of bikey jackets almost. Yes. Yes, um, Sarah Contos's Voltron Two Studs um, is almost a spider-like formation of sewn together um, leather jackets that she collected um, while on a residency in Paris. And the really fantastic thing about this work is um, if you get close enough, you can almost have you all the scents it. and the smells. <laughs> you can, you can smell it. And all these kind of bodies that used to inhabit the works, you start to wonder where they are now, what are they doing? So yeah, that's a really interesting use of um, repurposing fabrics. Katie West is also really interested in that. So her new works are kind of drawing on basket making practices that she's learnt about through her grandmother but again rather than using weaving with plant fibres she's creating representations of dilly bags through found fabrics that she's found in op shops so looking at what materials are readily available to her so it's a beautifully vibrant installation of suspended fabrics in velvet, organza, satin, um, chiffon and, and sequins <laughs> and glitter. There's also quite a scary one which harks back to an historic sort of event or historic events too because I guess textiles by themselves are, you know have been found in, in graves hundreds and thousands of years old so they've got a huge history but this one harks back to a very particular time so tell us about that work. Yeah McCullough Dwyer's The Nurses it's quite a menacing work um, it's a series of quite anthropomorphic figures um, that have bird magpie heads and then are cloaked black and white and it's installed on a bright yellow wall that's looking at the quarantine flag colour and the histories of when diseases were introduced to Aboriginal populations in Australia. It was originally commissioned for the Adelaide Biennial which opened just before COVID hit our shores so it's quite interesting to think about the work now and the new kind of connotations and histories that's coming with it. So the sick bay that she had installed there at the time almost became like a real you know theatre and life blended together when <laughs> that gallery reopened and we had check-ins and masks. Um, so it's interesting to have that work again here now. In that and context. The, the masks themselves look like the, the ones that were, were worn in places like Venice. In the, yes, in, yes. Well, I suppose the, in medieval. Yeah, the Black Plague times. kind of sharp um, bird masks. Yes, so there is. There's a lot of kind of history there to unpack. So they're waiting in the corner. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to remind you that we, we still face disease today too, I guess. Another one which I guess uses a very traditional material but uses it more as a textile than, a, than it's normally used as, although you, you often find screens made like this. But tell us about those wooden works. Yeah, so we have some new collaborative works between John Nixon and Jacqueline Stojanovic. The works that are distinctive for their use of a wooden ruler. So 
John was a you know wonderful figure in um, abstraction and non-objective art, and thought about the ruler as synonymous with geometric abstraction. So, and often would incorporate the ruler into his constructed paintings as a ready-made motif. Jacqueline Stojanovic also often uses the ruler as a stand-in for the shed rod to help her assist um, with her weaving. So, they both were thinking about the use of the ruler and how it affects both of their practices. So these works, again, don't, don't include any fabric or cloth, but are almost a um, tessellated design um, of painted surfaces and wooden rulers that reference parquetry and weaving patterns. And um, it's really wonderful to be showing these for the first time. Well, they're very striking works. We're just about to speak to the artist Kate Scarterfeld. So tell us a little bit about her practice and, and why she was selected. Kate has a really fascinating practice that combines research um, in archives and collections um, with design and kind of speculative thinking. We were really interested in what she calls wind instruments. She's really interested in semaphore, which is communicating with visual colours and symbols across distances. So you'll see in this new video work that she's made for the project, these enormous sails and it's really exploring the tension between the body, um, the landscape, the weather, and this material. I think all of this work is just so fascinating, and there are a few more that we haven't talked about, but I don't <laughs> think we've got time. But I really think this exhibition's a wonderful exhibition, and it, to some extent it points to the future of textiles, doesn't it? Thank you. Yes, it does. I think that expansive approach to, to textiles is really, really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, artists working in textiles today, for a long time textiles was kind of relegated to the craft discipline and there's kind of that interesting history that it really has broken out of completely well, now. Well, it was seen as an amateur thing, not necessarily craft, and craft's not necessarily amateur, but um, it was seen as something that, you know, women could do as patchwork and other things. Not, again, not that that's <laughs> being at all derogatory. But it, it was never given the status of high art, although in other cultures it certainly is. So what do you think this, this exhibition yeah, shows? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, it's really departing from and subverting a lot of those histories um, and in, in the way that it is such a kind of focus on experimenting with materials and, and playing and just seeing where process takes you. A lot of it's really labour-intensive process as well, so a lot of the works become markers of time. Um, they're recalling a range of different history. You know, textiles is accessing personal and public spheres ac across history. Um, and these are all ideas that are coming up for these artists. Well, look, congratulations. I think it's a great exhibition and you've done a really wonderful job pulling this together. So all the best for the exhibition. Thank you, Maisie. Lovely to talk with you. Well, I'm talking now to one of the artists in the exhibition, Kate Scarterfell, and we're sitting here looking and listening to her, her installation, her video installation. So, Kate, tell us what we're seeing. Sure. Um, hi, Maisie. Uh, you are currently looking at a two-channel uh, video work. Um, I worked with a cinematographer, Josh Raymond, um, to shoot and edit the work and with a wonderful musician um, and percussionist, Lawrence Pike, who composed the sound for the piece. Um, the work is called You Don't Need Me To Tell You. I and think I need you to tell me. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Um, and it is, it is, I guess, a kind of 
a call and response um, across two, two screens that talk to each other. Um, my practice with textiles is I, I kind of work with them in a sculptural capacity in a time-based way. I've made videos before, um, but I'm really interested in their kind of kinetic um, potential and possibility, the way that they move. Um, I've been working for a number of years now with repurposed materials, so repurposed sails and spinnakers and parachutes in some in instances and I've been creating these what I call wind instruments so they're kind of um, spliced together uh, reimagined materials. So um, instruments because they make a noise? They do make a noise but I, I guess I, I've talk about them as being instruments because um, they're designed to be interacted with, to be played. Um, and my thinking with these has always been about taking them out into, into the landscape and allowing them to be kind of activated by the different weather conditions and, and the sort of different atmospheric surround. So all of the kind of plumes and the shapes and, and the twists and the folds um, and the inflations you get are, are due to the wind, they're due to the, the, the weather conditions. So I guess, if I can be simplistic, you're mm -hmm. actually looking at a phenomenon that many of us will see all the time, but you're focusing our attention on it. Yes. Yeah, that's a really nice way to put it, actually. I'm really interested in the weather and particularly in the ways in which it's changing. And so these, these works allow me to kind of amplify those conditions in a way. And they also sort of speak to um, an interest I've had for a long time in, in different systems of signal and semaphore. Um, so the way we can communicate and signal information across distance because... So what, what led you to this? That's a great question. I, I mean, I have a background in textile, so I did my, my undergraduate actually here at UNSW Art and Design many moons ago now and I majored in textiles and and I guess I was always really interested in textiles in a kind of spatial sense um, not so much fashion related textiles but I sort of was still really interested in the way in which they interact with the body um, and the way in which they kind of have embedded histories and stories um, within them so working with repurposed materials is something I've, I've sort of taken through um, or is a kind of constant or consistent thread through my practice but that's kind of I guess evolved over a number of years to incorporate other forms of, of sculpture and installation based work. So you're working with pretty large textiles mm, yeah <laughs> and we see them sort of well flapping and gently raised up and raising themselves up and down in the yeah. wind and the currents also, we're seeing a very blue sky. So what does this tell us about the weather change? Uh, that was a very, it's a good question. It's a very particular moment, I think, given the last few months and the sort of the deluge of water, particularly the east coast of Australia has been experiencing. But I guess what's really interesting for me about capturing these works through video and through moving images you get these beautiful moments where the kind of the textile becomes the landscape. It sort of seeps into the contours of the hillside or the rock face and and those kind of mergings are something I was really interested in in being able to tease out in the work. I just saw the textile trying to drag someone along. That would that would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're cumbersome and they're big and they they're unruly in a lot of ways so they're kind of there are these moments where you're sort of uh, 
in this state where you just actually have to completely succumb to it you have to let it overpower you because it is so much more powerful than you and um, that's something I really enjoy about I guess activating these works in different places is that um, you sort of end up in this really interesting interplay between the landscape and the material and, and the limitations of your own body as well. Reminds me a bit of uh, the old-fashioned way of showing water on stage, where you had, you know, a long stream of sort of blue silk or something, and people at either end yeah, flapping it round. Yeah. So it's, to me, it, it, it evokes that sort of image. So where are you heading now with this? You're still working with these this scale of textile? Yeah, I am. I think um, I, I've just also done some work or done a project at the Art Gallery of South Australia as part of the Adelaide Biennial, and I created a series of um, textile works um, for their portico, which so they're installed on the outside of, of the gallery, and they kind of operate as these changing um, signal flags, and they're made from repurposed storm sails and spinnakers so they have this kind of bright emergency orange and that there's something about that kind of high visibility material that I yeah wanted to kind of bring into that work that work is called Alarum and it is about trying to draw attention to our rapidly changing weather but also the kind of the transformations that are underway in our material world as well. Well I suppose if I can be an outsider and interpret the red sail against the blue sky it's a warning signal. Yeah I mean that's a nice way to read it is yeah it's absolutely a warning. Well Kate I think they're very beautiful works and and they've got an, an inner meaning too which also makes them most interesting so congratulations and I hope this exhibition goes really well for you. Thank you very much.